right, simple man. That means one thing, all things Bill O'Reilly, all things Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. Mr. O'Reilly, sir, happy Wednesday. Thanks for being back with us. Hey, uh, it's a blast. You know what I mean? Highlight of my wa- <laughs> this is I the am. highlight of your week, isn't it? It is. You know that. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Yep. You know, I was thinking about you this weekend because you got this tour coming up. You're doing four cities with former President Trump. And you're telling me this is going to be very, very different. History is your passion and your love. I mean, your your house is like a freaking museum because you, you're a collector of, of memorabilia, historical memorabilia, and you've written all these killing series based on history. And I was thinking about this. What are the questions that I would want answered in terms of getting in the getting on the record Donald Trump saying that most people that he's never really gone deep into? Do you With have all, a couple of questions for me? I do. And, I, I, and I'm not, obviously, you know what you're doing. You don't need Sean Hannity's help. But I just one thing that I would like to understand is never been a president bill that I can think of in my lifetime that has been under fire like Donald Trump. For three years now, if you took the time and you read the New York Post today on pages 24 and 25, they actually have a really well done piece. It's called Clinton Cam Planted the Phony Trump Dossier and the Press Fueled the Lies. Okay? Anatomy of a Media Hit Job. For three years, the media mob, we know, lied about Russia, 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 collusion, collusion, collusion. Not one media outlet has ever corrected it. Nobody, you know, we're only now getting to the bottom of it. Um, my reporting has been vindicated again and again, and I'm, I'm proud of the work that we did in the ensemble cast I have. So, long way of asking this question. How much did this interfere with his ability to do his job? It's an excellent question. I'm going to get to it in a different way. By the way, I beat the New York Post by three days. On Sunday, I filed a column called Corruption on BillOReilly.com, which basically is similar to what the Post did. But it, it By the way, I'm laughing because you've got the same allergy voice that I got, but yeah, go ahead. you know, if you live on Long Island and this is what you get <laughs> in November and December. It sucks. Um, but if yeah. you, I elevated the press responsibility um, a little bit more than the Post did because this could never have happened 10 years ago. And it never did happen in the sense of an organized cabal trying to destroy first the Republican nominee and then later the Republican president. So we've always had dirty tricks. And Nixon's guys were running around, and almost every campaign you had dirty tricks going on. Um, But you never had a willing media wanting to promote the dirty tricks. Give me it. Give me the dirt. Give it to me. And the most shocking part of this is that the New York Times won a Pulitzer Prize for its reporting on the Russian collusion story. So basically, they were awarded the highest journalistic prize in the world for telling people falsehoods. I mean, just step back and think about it. Now, Trump has said, you know, the um, Pulitzer people should recall that prize, and he and they should. That's how I'm going to get into that. But your question will be asked. But I'm going to. I want to merge the corruption in the Clinton campaign, the Hillary Clinton campaign, because they 
concocted and financed the entire Russian collusion fiction. But it was embraced by the corrupt corporate media. That's what happened. You know, I, I've watched this, but and this is what's going to make your tour, I think. Well, the idea that you're not going to do the typical Trump interview, I think, is really interesting. And this being a historical perspective, because nobody, you know, when I interview Donald Trump, I do it differently than everybody else because I actually allow him to talk. You know, I don't play gotcha. And, you know, it's amazing if you compare, even if it's a phone interview, Bill, on the TV show. And Donald Trump will will go on any subject. He has no, I don't talk about what we're going to talk about ahead of time. He'll talk about any subject in great specificity and detail, articulately, for 40 straight minutes. Joe Biden can barely mumble two sentences or, you know, it's, it's gotten that bad. And now America sees the difference. I'll take mean tweets and energy independence any day. I'll take a few mean tweets and secure borders. I'll take mean tweets and a president that will stand up to China and Russia and North Korea and Iran. Um, I'll take mean tweets uh, and a president that won't abandon Americans like like Biden did in Afghanistan, Bill. But he doesn't have to mean tweet anymore, at least not in the not allowed. By the way, they probably did him a favor, but go ahead. Yeah, he doesn't have to do that anymore. He's got a record to run on. And that's why the Trump-O'Reilly history tour, always his name first, is going to be so important. It's much more important now than it was six months ago when I conceived it because of the collapse of the Biden administration. And, and believe well, me. Let me ask you an honest question. Sure. You, you followed my coverage for over three years on the Trump-Russia collusion issue, right. and, and John Solomon and Sarah Carter and Greg Jarrett and even Alan Dershowitz. We, we had an ensemble cast. Catherine Herridge was a part of it. And we broke a lot of stories, Bill. I, th- I don't think I've, in, in my 33 years in broadcasting, that I've ever broken that many stories in one three-year period. And all of it was vindicated first with the Horowitz report, and now even more so as we get these revelations with the Durham report. Um, at any point did you ever think Hannity's out on a limb or Hannity might be wrong here? Hannity's so different from everybody else? No. I, I didn't think you were any jeopardy because you weren't speculating. So most of the stuff that you presented on radio and TV was backed up. Now, sometimes you can be wrong, not you, Sean Hannity, but the premise can be wrong. But if you don't speculate and you don't go wandering into um, places where the sourcing is dubious, let me give you an example. You didn't use, as far as I know, in three years, any anonymous sources. Is that correct? I didn't. I, well, I used. I had sources that didn't go on the record, but we always demanded documentation to back it up. All right. Well, I don't even remember any anonymous sources. Maggie Haberman, one reporter for the New York Times, wrote more than 100 negative Trump stories on Russian collusion using anonymous sources. More than a hundred. It's insane. So, you know, a veteran journalist like me, I can see that. I can, I can see the pattern that's developing. So when I watch and listen to you, I'm skeptical because a lot of times you use pro-Trump people. And I'm skeptical of, of people who are pro-Trump or pro-Biden or pro-anybody because that's my job to be. 
So I'm looking and I'm seeing what they say and whether it stacks up to what I know to be true. So I didn't think you were in any jeopardy at all. Um, and you, you raise an interesting point. But, but now let me ask the next question. Yeah. Because right. we now know that Hillary Clinton bought and paid for a dirty Russian misinformation dossier. Yeah, but we don't know if she did we, it. We know she paid for it. Listen uh, to me. Listen to me. I'm listening. We know her campaign did it. We don't know how much she was involved. We don't know. However, there is a pattern of behavior here. This is the key story. Whitewater gets away with it. She was certainly involved with it. Libya certainly knew, had to know, didn't do anything to protect the ambassador and the other Americans. Okay? So, and then there is the infamous cell phone records that she destroyed. She got three where we know without any doubt that Hillary Clinton directly violated, let's, I don't want to say violated the law because that's not due process, but violated basic truth. I was getting to that, but I was also getting to another point. We now know that that dirty dossier, it says on the top of a FISA application bill, verified. That yeah, FISA the application. Guy, I mean, that, the guy who did that has been charged. Well, no, because it was three of them were signed by James Comey. One no, of them the was the guy who presented the evidence to Comey. That guy, that FBI lawyer, he's been charged by Durham. Look, do I think Comey knew this was bogus? Yes. Do I think Comey should be indicted? Yes. Will Comey be indicted? No. They just gave what's his name the second back his pension. McCabe. Yeah. So you know that the fix is in with the Biden administration. But so I, now, now freeze frame that. Okay. What does that say about our country? We're corrupt. Because it's a corrupt country. We're corrupt. You, nobody can deny it. But you, it is possible to find out if Hillary Clinton knew and directed the Russian collusion fiction. That's possible. It can be established. And that's the next step. Back to Bill O'Reilly, Simple Man, all things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. The worst part of this is they successfully destroyed a guy by the name of Carter Page's life for a year oh, and, and probably much longer. But, but Bill, they, they use that as a backdoor to spy on a presidential candidate, oh, Donald Trump, a transition team, and a president. And now we know that they were warned by Bruce Orr in August of 2016 not to trust the dossier. We also know that the subsource told them in early January of 2017, uh, all of this is bar talk. None of it was true. Uh, we can't verify any of it. We didn't believe any of it. But they still continued with the FISA applications. And that's corruption at the highest level. One of the first questions I'm going to ask Donald Trump in Fort Lauderdale on December 11th is, did you know, while you were in the White House, that the Clinton campaign was funding this Russian collusion stuff? Did, were you told that? Did William Barr tell you? Did Comey tell you? Remember, Comey was the FBI chief until the end. 
um, when he appointed, uh, what's his name, Christopher Ray, And by having my access to him, he's sitting right next to me on the stage in front of 10,000 people. And I say, did you know it? it isn't going to be fascinating to hear what he's going to say? I know part of the answer, but I think you're going to do a deeper dive. Because well, I, I will, I I will argue this. I, I want to keep that, it simple, that, man. You know I'm a simple but, man. No, no, no. You're a simple man. I got it. You're the most I don't want to have to wear a bathing suit to dive anywhere. I, I'm going to have a tie and jacket <laughs> on, you know? But what, but, but what I would like to know is if, you're, if you're, we are right and, the, and we have a dual justice system and we don't have equal justice under the law or equal application of our laws, well, then you really don't have the American Republic that we thought we had, Bill. got to be cleaned up. Okay. Now, okay, tell me how that gets cleaned up because I don't see uh, a movement strong enough to counter you know, a media mob, a deep state that, that oh, now is falling, even more emboldened. The media mob's falling apart. The good news is they're all falling apart. Look, you saw the USA Today, Paul. I know you talked about it on TV and radio, right? 38% approval for Biden, 28% for Kamala, which is just, that's unbelievable, uh, that number. Anyway, I had my researchers track it on the network news, NBC, CBS, and ABC. Okay. CBS and ABC did not mention the poll, did not mention it. And NBC, Lester Holt, gave it five seconds. Five seconds. So the folks have gotten it. I mean, they know it. And you can see the graph of people watching all news. It's very, very tough now for, because the credibility has been lost. And once that happens, it's very hard to reverse it. But what's going to happen, I hope, because I want the best for America and Americans, is that once Republicans regain the House and Senate, perhaps a year from now, once that happens and the wave goes local, too, as it has on Long Island, we talked about this last week, okay, then the cleanup is going to start. And the focus, you're going to have to live with two more years of Biden, although I don't even know if Joe's going to make it to the finish line. My God. I mean, it's, every it's, day it's, it's, it's beyond worse. awful, Bill. Right. You know, and, and uh, well, I wish I had more time. Anyway, uh, this is going to be a fascinating tour. Uh, BillOReilly.com, if uh, you want to go see, it's only going to be four appearances. The history of Donald Trump's presidency. Um, it's going to be uh, amazing. I'm, I'm going to try and make it to one of them. And uh, I appreciate you being with us. BillOReilly.com, all things O'Reilly. Thank you, sir. Hey, listen, all of us, every single day, we're putting our personal information at risk on the Internet. In a second, these cyber criminals can ruin your name and reputation. They'll rob you blind, destroy your credit score. That's why LifeLock.com is so important, because they see the threats we will miss on our own. And they'll even scour the dark web on your behalf to see if your personal information is compromised. The good news is you can protect your good name, credit, identity, and finances by going to lifelock.com or calling 1-800-LIFELOCK. Now, they have a very low annual rate, LifeLock by Norton. And if you use the promo code Hannity, you save an additional 25% off your first year. Protect these important things in your life, your name, your reputation, finances, credit score, 1-800-LIFELOCK, lifelock.com, promo code Hannity, an additional 25% off. 
Sean Hannity Show, talking about what's right for America with a renewed commitment to keep you up to date on the breaking news stories. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Well, we watched what happened last week in Virginia and, and frankly, in New Jersey as well. Nobody, nobody really saw New Jersey coming and how close that has been. Um, and a lot of it is because of the obvious. Every policy Joe Biden has adopted is failing. I never thought in my lifetime we'd abandon Americans like we did in Afghanistan 13 days after promising not to do it. Never thought I'd see that. We can still rescue them, but of course, that's not in the cards. Joe Biden wouldn't have the courage to do it. Uh, the chaos at our border, um, it would be simple to fix it. Just return to Trump era policy, stay in Mexico policy, build the wall policy, and this insanity of, that Joe has now instituted, and that is process and release. And of course, give preferential treatment to illegal immigrants, meaning no COVID testing because they're not going to be here very long. And, uh, of course, no vaccine mandate and then disperse people all over the country, as Ron DeSantis was rightly complaining about over 70 flights in the dark of night. But we call them an early morning flight, as Jen Psaki says, and all of this can be fixed. The single best thing Joe Biden can do for the economy that is now cratering, as we have been pointing out, it is an unmitigated disaster. We now have inflation surging in October, a 31-year high. Consumer prices also a 30-year high. Um, we've never had a situation like this. A lot of it driven by Joe's policies, and he's begging OPEC and begging Russia to produce more oil. He doesn't have to beg Texas or Oklahoma or North Dakota or Alaska because they'd gladly go back to the energy independence policies that Donald Trump handed off to them. We were a net exporter of energy when Donald Trump left office. Now we're importing oil, begging OPEC to produce more. They've said no three times and they keep going back and embarrassing themselves. Now, we should not be surprised by any of this because I pointed out to you that Joe Biden is on record saying that, in fact, he wants to reduce uh, wants the price of oil and gas to go up and that he even wanted to charge the CEOs of energy companies. Listen, would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. If we don't start using fossil fuels, we're all dead. Doing away with any subsidies for fossil fuels, number one. Number two, holding them liable for what they have done, particularly in those cases where you're underserved neighborhoods and you, you know the deal, okay? And by the way, when they don't, when they're deliberate, we'll put them in jail. That's what I, I'm not joking. Joining us now, Ronna McDaniels with us, chair, chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. First, congratulations on uh, the big win in Virginia and almost congratulations in New Jersey. Certainly a message has been sent. Um, but as I've been telling my audience, as happy as I am with the results, especially in Virginia, that's only phase one. Phase two would be the Republicans winning and taking back the House and the Senate in a year from now and then getting the White House back in 2024. So I think there's a lot of work to do. 
there's a lot of work to do. There were great wins last week. Uh, we can relish those for a minute, and then we've just got to get back to work. You know, I, I know that there is an element in the Republican Party that wants to purge Donald Trump from the party. I, I understand that. The agenda items, if we go through it, I'm a conservative. I can explain conservatism in less than a minute. We believe in liberty. We believe in freedom. We believe in capitalism, our Constitution, limited government. We believe in less government bureaucracy, lower taxes, constitutionalists on the bench. Uh, we believe in choice for, for schools so we can give kids a good education and a leg up. We believe in law and order so people are safe and secure in their pursuit of happiness, which is guaranteed to them. Uh, we believe in free market solutions, not government solutions for health care. And, yes, protect people with pre-existing conditions. We want energy independence, the lifeblood of the world's economy, and we believe in secure borders, free and fair trade, and peace through strength. What am I missing? I mean, you pretty much covered it all. That was pretty amazing. Uh, but, you know, the other thing is um, we believe in our country, and you said this with our Constitution, and we are seeing an absolute destruction of the America we know and love under the Democrats. And I I'm in Miami today. We just did a small business roundtable with business owners who said, you know, we came to this country because we loved it, and we, we believed in the American dream, and that's what's at stake right now with this next election, because Democrats want total, unadulterated government control over every aspect of your life, and Republicans believe in freedom. So moving forward, there's got to be a plan. What is the Republican National Committee's plan for one year from now? Because one year from now, we're going to know whether or not Republicans took back the House, We've got very key, crucial Senate races coming up in Florida, in Georgia with Herschel Walker, North Carolina, South Carolina, New Hampshire, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada. I mean, if you want bellwether states, you got all of them. Yeah, so the plan starts with things that we're doing right now, voter registration. You just saw for the first time Republicans just took the lead in Florida in voter registration in 2016, for example, Democrats had a 500,000 vote uh, advantage. That ha voter registration advantage, that has now been erased. We're doing that in North Carolina, Iowa, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, and other states as well. Voter registration is key. It's simple math. If they have more voters or we have more voters to turn out, we win. Second is engagement. We are engaging in minority communities as a party more than you have ever seen. I was just in Doral today in Miami. Uh, we had huge gains in, in Miami last cycle, but in Texas and Wisconsin, in Georgia, Glenn Youngkin won with 11% more Hispanic vote than uh, McAuliffe. That's huge for our party. And th those are where we're seeing great uh, growth and improvement in our party. And then the third thing is election integrity. We had 500 lawyers on the ground in Virginia. We had 100% coverage in absentee voting precincts, making sure that every single thing was being watched. We are in 27 lawsuits right now protecting things like voter ID, making sure that drop boxes are secure, getting rid of things like 24-hour voting, which is ridiculous. The Department of Justice is coming in and suing states for common-sense voter ID laws. So the, those are the three things, and then turning out the vote. We are going to harness the energy of the American people to secure wins in the House and the Senate. But it starts with building blocks, and the RNC is already on the ground right now doing that. One of the things that I, I'm glad to hear you had 500 people on the ground because we knew Mark Elias was there for the Democrats, for Terry McAuliffe, uh, not somebody I admire too much. Um, mm -hmm. But 
I think there's two things I would add to this. You've you've got to, we've got to trust and verify. I'm a I'm an old Reagan guy. It seems to me the election integrity issues are pretty simple. That we need voter ID, we need signature verification, chain of custody controls, always updated voter rolls, and most states have laws where partisan observers, meaning people from every party, get to watch the vote count up close and personal from start to finish. That did not happen in 2020. There was no accommodation, even though in the midst of COVID and a pandemic, there was no accommodation. There was no viewing of the counting, and that is what the law requires. I think those laws need to be strengthened. And lastly, I would add, I think there's a couple of counties in Vermont that allow illegal immigrants to vote. Uh, If you're not in this country legally, you shouldn't have the right to vote. We are exactly right. We just sued in Vermont, those two counties. And, and Sean, you know this. This is a slippery slope. They are passing in Vermont that two counties or two municipalities can allow non-citizens to vote. Well, that's how they're going to make sure that all these people coming through the border will be able to vote. The RNC is actually suing in Vermont. We think we're going to win that case. But we are in 27 lawsuits doing the things you just talked about, making sure that voter ID is strengthened and all these things are strengthened. But we have an engaged electorate, too, right now. And the reason we were able to have 100 percent. Well, let me interrupt you and ask this question. Are you confident by 2022 that those election integrity measures will be adopted by every state? Not every state. Uh, They will be adopted by every Republican state. Um, And then some of them will be ballot measures. I'll tell you. What are the states you're worried about not adopting it? Nevada. They've got a Sisolak, and they've, they've got the whole legislature. How there about Georgia? How about Pennsylvania? How about uh, Ohio and Florida and Wisconsin and Michigan? Uh, what do you and yeah. Arizona? What do you see in those states? So Pennsylvania, good. For, Pennsylvania, we've already stripped the governor of his emergency powers that happened in 2020. We took it to the ballot. We already stripped that. Michigan, same thing. The governor has been stripped of her emergency powers. Florida's passed laws. Georgia's passed laws. I mean. You saw the All-Star Game move from Georgia because of their, uh, their new laws. Iowa's got laws. Texas, Arizona, we're working on as well. I mean, every single state across the country, we're working on this either through ballot initiatives or through um, legislative changes that are being put forward. There's, there's one and improvement I think the Republican Party needs to make as well. I'm going to add one other thing here is there has been a reluctance and a resistance, I, in my opinion. Tell me if I'm wrong. For Republicans to vote early and absolutely true or vote by mail. And there's always this huge advantage where the Democrats, they get their people out early. Will Republicans now make a take that issue on head head first and go forward with this and encourage people to vote early, register, vote early, vote in person by mail, all things. It seems that there's been some reluctance and resistance to. Yeah, and it makes it so much harder on Election Day. Democrats, for example, in Virginia had banked 200,000 more votes than we had. So that means on Election Day, we have to work that much harder to reach every single voter to turn them out for Yunkin. Now, we knew that we had that deficit going in, but we have a, a voter base that's reticent to vote by mail or early. And we really need to make sure we're banking those good votes, especially with these election laws that are being changed. So that Election Day, we can go target those swing voters that we really need to win that often determine 
uh, the trajectory or the win or lose of, of an election. So uh, Democrats get that advantage. Their voters will vote by mail and vote early. All right, quick break. More on the other side with Ronna McDaniel. She is the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee as we look forward to one year from now. 800-941-SEAN is our number. We'll get to your calls. Final half hour of the program. We got an amazing Hannity tonight. You, you're going to you won't believe what went on in this Rittenhouse uh, trial today. We've got all the videotape and all the other news of the day. You'll never hear from the media mob. That's nine Eastern Hannity tonight. Fox News. Quick break right back. Ronna McDaniel and your call straight ahead. All right, as we continue, Ronna McDaniel is with us, chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. How do you feel about the idea of the things that I mentioned, what it means to me to be a conservative, and putting it down on paper and having the Republicans sign their name to it, that they pledge to do these things in some type of either contract or promises to America? I think that this is critical, what you just said. Newt Gingrich came into power, and we took back the House because he stood on the Capitol steps and said, this is our contract to America for what we're going to do if we're elected and put in power. I hope Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans will do the same thing, that they go forward. And it can't just be this is what Joe Biden's America is doing wrong. It has to be if you put us in, we will lower taxes. We will make sure that parents have a say uh, and a, a choice in their children's education. We will make sure to uphold religious freedom. We will make sure to to cut regulations and restore energy independence and stand for the Constitution and freedom of speech and freedom of thought and the American dream. And if we put that forward in a bold plan, that's going to be key. It's going to have to be our legislators that do it, our elected leaders. Uh, I know Kevin's looking at it. I, I really want him to do that. And I think Every single Republican in our country wants to see our leaders lead forward as to what we will do when we get the majority. Well, I mean, is there's so much at stake. Um, I believe elections are about the future and about ideas and about promises. Do you look ahead yet to 2024 or is it one step at a time? It's one step at a time. I, I know everybody likes to look ahead and I get asked that a lot. But 2024 doesn't happen for Republicans if we don't win 2022. The Democrats in 10 months have tried to federalize elections four times. They want to take away elections from the states and put it in the hands of Pelosi and Schumer. They'll do that if we don't win back the House and the Senate. So 2024 does not exist without 2022. Everyone needs to engage. Everyone needs to be bold. Everyone needs to work as hard as they can. This is our moment to save our country. That's how I feel about this election, because that is literally what's at stake for future generations, for everyone. Everyone needs to get involved. Go to GOP.com, call somebody, write a letter, knock a door, give a donation, anything you can do for this next election. It's it's an all-hands-on-deck moment for the country. There's no doubt about it. And and I think you you captured the urgency of everything. Uh, Ronna McDaniel, great to have you. Chairwoman, Republican National Committee, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. We'll continue. 